Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today I have the privilege of hosting Damayanti Dipayana. She's the CEO and co-founder of Manatee. She's founded Manatee to make mental health care for kids massively better through leveraging technology and engaging the family outside of the session. She's been a part of various high-growth VC-backed tech startups and has managed and built high-performing cross-functional teams in Europe, Amsterdam and London, and North America. She's lived and worked in nine different countries, Europe, Asia, North and South America, and traveled through a bunch more. Prior to Manatee, she also founded the award-winning video production company, Be Frank. Be Frank has shot thought-provoking campaigns with iconic organizations like Planned Parenthood and is all about challenging existing assumptions through honest conversation. Such a privilege to have Damayanti here and uh, it's going to be a great session. So Damayanti, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do it. Likewise. And so you're tackling a really important problem. We're going to be diving into the solution you provide, how it's different, and the opportunity that we have here in the U.S. healthcare system to address mental health for children. But before we dive into all of that, I'd like to know what is it that inspires your work in healthcare? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I, I mean, maybe people gather from the traveling, but I'm actually born and raised in Western Europe, um, so in the Netherlands. And I think when I moved to the U.S., one of the most striking differences is for sure the healthcare system. So mm-hmm. I moved over to New York to build a team for a startup. And one of the big requirements was actually also figuring out, you know, what we're going to do around health insurance for this team that I was building. And it was just mind blowing. So I think that was one little aha moment that I was like, this is, you know, this is not sustainable. There needs to be a different approach to this. And then the other piece is much more like a personal piece, but I grew up in a very neurodiverse family. So therapy was just really a big part of me growing up. And through that, I just understood kind of the challenges, but also the opportunities that therapy provide. And so, yeah, it's a combination of a few things. I think specifically mental health care was something that I'm personally very passionate about. And I just have a lot of experience with as well. And then healthcare as a brother theme I just don't get me wrong we're not perfect in Europe by no means but I do know what it can look like and that's really really inspiring I love it no it's both personal and also a a drive of yours and and I appreciate the passion that you have so you've landed on an opportunity to really hyper focus on mental health care for kids I'd love for you to to educate us a little bit on on the problem, help us understand the problem a little bit more, and then help us understand what makes you guys different and what exactly it is that you guys do at Manatee. Absolutely. So I think that there's, well, even though it feels hyper-focused, I think it is a much wider problem than people realize. So in the U.S., you have 17 million kids who are have a diagnosable behavioral mental health disorder. That is a huge number. That's 20%. That's one in five kids. And that number is also growing 
year over year, specifically in areas such as anxiety. ADHD diagnosis are have increased 50%. Autism diagnosis have increased by 200% in the past decade. So there's a really big growth. And without actually going into these, of what causes that growth? The matter of the fact is that it is an issue that we really do need to address. And right now, the way that we approach it is it's either a taboo or it's a luxury, right? So mm-hmm. either we don't talk about it at all and we pretend that everything is totally fine. And for families who do acknowledge that there is an issue or can acknowledge that there is an issue, then you have this really big access problem where ultimately you just have to have resources to even get the care that you need. So just to illustrate that further, 50% of counties in the U.S. do not have any mental health support, meaning no social worker, no pediatric psychologist, no psychiatrist, nothing. So there's a geographical issue there. But then if you look at it from just financial resources, 50% of providers don't accept insurance. Why? Because reimbursement is so low. So then, you know, people have to pay out of pocket and how many people can do that? So there's just in general, like there's this really big growth of the market and it's an issue that we need to address. But then the way that we're addressing it really leaves out the majority of the U.S. population. And for kids in specific or in particular, it's something that I'm super passionate about because it just makes so much sense. If we do not, we know that the first thousand days of a child's life are the most important in general, full stop. It's the most important part time in our lives in terms of neuroplasticity. And then on top of all that, if we don't address some challenges and issues when a child is a child, we know that it's going to be a much bigger problem when they go into adolescence and adulthood. And it's much more costly. So for me, there's no other sensible way of addressing this issue rather than addressing it when a child is a child and actually being more preventative. Yeah, I think it's a good call, Damayanti. And and by the way, just to note, uh, the the hyper-focus is actually a good thing. Yes, (laughs) Um, I know, I know, I know. Gosh, I mean, the healthcare economy, we're talking $3.4 trillion, right? It's more than a vertical. To move the needle on anything, you need focus. And that's something that we talk about a lot on the podcast. So it's a great thing. And you've honed in on a focus problem that is broad in its nature, so I appreciate the the education. I mean, the counties that don't have care, providers that don't accept insurance, there's a huge opportunity here. So walk us through what Manatee does. And by the way, folks, if you're curious and you're not driving, <laughs> I tell you, check out their website too. It's getmanatee.com to ease Manatee. So tell us a little bit about what makes you guys different and how you're solving for the problem. And then also... More about the name, Why Manatee? (laughs) Yeah, I'll start with Why Manatee. I think anybody who's ever started a business or even for that matter, named anything, including maybe naming your child, naming something is really hard. Yeah. So I just had a list of names and I just, couldn't figure out what I wanted to call the company. And then I realized like, what does, what do most kids like? And most kids like animals. And I'm like, all right, what are some weird and interesting animals? And I threw in a bunch of other names that were maybe more clinical or more descriptive. And then I genuinely just posted it on a bunch of Reddit. So I put it on the autism Reddit, the ADHD Reddit, the parent Reddit. And I just asked them to vote on the name that they felt was most appropriate for the solution that we were going to build. And Manatee was the winner. So we just went with that. And I felt the, we also asked people for, to give a reason why they felt that that was 
most appropriate or they liked that name the most. And the reasons were really interesting and really thoughtful. So it, it was kind of like an easy decision from that point on. Was it? Um, yeah. So that's why what's, it's what's it's, one of the most interesting facts of manatees? Well, one thing that I thought was really interesting is that phonetically it sounds like mental or management, you know, mental management. Oh, okay. So yeah, like yeah, people yeah. like like that. But I think more importantly, most kids, and especially kids that had behavior issues were like just the thought of a manatee is really soothing. Like we can just imagine a manatee floating through the water. And I just think that was interesting. They had like really fun uh, visual cues that they thought of when they thought of manatees. So I thought mm. that was a good thing. I love it. Yeah. And they're like gentle giants, right? They exactly. move slowly, peacefully. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the solution. Where are you guys solving? What are you solving for? Yeah. And to tag on to your point, uh, we actually focus even further because the problem that I just sketched is very large and very big. So we really want to focus on, all right, what is the number one pain point right now for families who are in therapy? And it really came down to communication, all sides, right? So parents felt that they weren't involved in therapy. Kids felt they didn't get directive support. Um, therapists felt that they had no view on what was actually happening because they only see a child maybe one hour out of 168 hour a week. So we really wanted to focus on solving that first and getting clinical validation around that. So we launched three months ago, so not that long ago, and we built a platform that ultimately does really streamline the goal setting process. So a clinician sets goals and interventions. It's a super straightforward dashboard that we've built for them. Then those goals are instantly shared with two with an application. So just a, a family app. So the parent will get notified. Like these are the three things that we're going to work on over the next few weeks. And then the child actually, we gamified that whole process for them. So they also receive the goals that they need to do and work on. But every time when they achieve those goals, they collect points and then they can redeem those points with their family for fun rewards. So think owning the remote control for two hours or taking a trip to the zoo or baking cookies, whatever floats their boat. And they think that's super fun. And um, it's really nice for kids to get recognition from their family when they are making progress. And then we also support them through short, helpful conversations powered by machine learning. So they can actually chat with a little companion when they need it. And then depending on how they're feeling in the context, we give them a short exercise that is all based on CBT that kids love and they engage with a bunch. But then also it provides additional information for the clinician. So all that data is then visualized in a dashboard. So a clinician can then see this is my, the treatment adherence and compliance. These are goals that are working really well. These are goals that are not working well. And by the way, this is how my client or patient has been feeling over the past week or two weeks. And this is why. So all of a sudden, a session is significantly richer and it's much easier to actually track progress. Yeah. And you call it out at the beginning, Damayanti, is like there's the session and it's one hour and that's it. I mean, how do you expect to make progress if you're just doing sessions that are isolated from the rest of every day? Exactly. And I think there's also a psychological piece to it. In general, families and parents really want to be involved. Like they want to feel like they, I think that they're, the psychological piece is, I don't, as a parent, there's no handbook or guideline on how to be a parent. No. And I think it can feel really, it can be just feel really like frustrating to 
have a situation that as a parent, you don't know how to deal with. And so that parent training and support, I think is equally important just so that parents feel like, oh, I know what to do, or I know how I can make an impact on my child's life in a positive way. And I don't necessarily have to be an expert because I'm an expert in my child. Love it. Yeah, it's a great area to focus in on and, uh, and communication, right? How do we do it consistently? So is there anything out there? Is there any digital solution like this out there today? Not necessarily in this way. So there are definitely a, a few players in this space that are super interesting. But I think historically, it really has been, we focus on record keeping. So you have EHRs and, you know, they do some of, I suppose, like tracking and people will put things in their node and you have things around like so one of the companies is called Central Reach they're very big in in the autism space but they're for that purpose they're internal they're for record keeping not necessarily for external communication and then you do have consumer facing apps so you it really is it's a large range whether it's like Headspace for Kids or Stop Free Think or Sesame Street even or Calm, but all of those are really focused on the consumer, but there's no integration into the healthcare system. That's really like the landscape, how I see it. And there's an AUR seeing, which I think is really interesting, and they're very nicely in line with our vision. You do see you now um, technology-enabled clinics popping up that I am very curious about how, how they're going to tackle the market. But I think really enabling, digitally enabling clinicians and providing better care for children with behavioral health needs, there's just very little out there. Yeah, no, it uh, sounds like you're, you're honed in in, a, in an area that can make a big difference. For those of you listening, thinking through whether it be your own child or thinking about the enterprise as a healthcare provider or even as a payer, wanting to take care of populations, we all know that one in five people, whether it be kids, or adults, same statistics, right? There's a, a mental health opportunity to address. And if we're not addressing them up front, we're going to be paying the, the price later in outcomes and, and issues that come up. So I think this is a, a really interesting opportunity for us to explore what Damayanti and the team at Manatee is doing. What would be the best way for them to engage with you and your team? Yeah, I mean, you can, of course, go to the website. There are forms in there, on there, and you can just contact us. But for anything, just email us at hello at getmanatee.com, and we'll pick it up. Love it. So there's, a, there's an opportunity to, to connect, engage, and maybe you've been thinking about this, and you maybe haven't started with the solution part of the problem. The beauty of what we do here on the podcast is that we put people together with solutions two problems so that we could make outcomes better and improve business. So as people are thinking about the next steps in their journey, I'd love to hear from you. I know it's three months in, so it's, it's still mm -hmm. early, but do you have any, any stories that you'd like to share on how the platform has helped? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of engagement already. So I, I think the user stories are really powerful and probably the most heartwarming, but we have parents saying, I mean, we have over half of the families who are using Mancy are already saying that it has improved the behavior of their child. So they've already seen changes in behavior. And over 61%, I think, was the last measurement of families say that it has really 
pretty dramatically increase their ability to achieve goals. So those are, and then the softer stories are just, you know, notes and messages that you get around, I cannot believe it, my my son has really reduced the number of tantrums and kids love it. I think that was the most interesting piece that I was always very skeptical whether kids would actually like it. But they're our biggest supporters. We have 100% of all the serving that we've done, 100% of kids like want to continue using Manatee and would be very disappointed if they couldn't use it anymore. So that is incredible. And then if I just look at our metrics, I'm just opening it up now because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not lying. But in the past three months, we've had families achieve 1,332 goals. The number of goal completions per child is 8.83. So in only a short period of time, kids have achieved almost 10 goals already. Is that because of the gamification and the interface? I think it's a combination of a few things. I think it also, like, you know, I cannot undervalue also the amazing work that our clinicians are doing. We do work with incredible partners. So one of our pilot sites is, you know, Children's Wisconsin. Like, they have an amazing team. So I think it's a combination of the relationship that the clinicians have with the families, but for sure the gamification really helps. I think it's the recognition. And I think it's also the first time that families see goals in that way. I think mental and behavioral health care historically has just felt always a little fluffy, right? Like it's a, it's a conversation that is between two people and then it's really hard to translate that over into something tangible. So seeing this in something tangible, like that's really compelling for both parents and children. Love it. So thinking through, you know, so you have your, your early partners right now. You've got, uh, you're working with children's hospitals across the country. Obviously, there's an invitation to others that aren't using you guys to engage, uh, connect for a demo, reach out to learn more. How about if there's somebody listening to this that says, yeah, I'm unsatisfied with the care my kid is receiving right now. How do you encourage them to reach out or, or you know, what's the, what's the pathway there? Yeah, so it's something that I was actually very passionate about. So for right now, the app itself, so that will not come with like a dashboard that's integrated within the workflow of the clinician, but the family app itself is completely free. So families can just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, whether if they have Android, download the app, just search on Manatee and it's the first app that will pop up. They can download it, set up their family. And the nice thing is that actually we build out goal libraries for families. So our goal libraries are built with a clinical psychologist and we break them up into really helpful categories. So you have a category that's all focused around communication skills or social anxiety or self-esteem and confidence. So they can read through those goals and I always suggest that collaborative work in a family works best. So um you know sit down with your kiddo and run through the goals and ask what they want to work on, set them up and you know take it from there. Love it. Yeah and I just went under the app store you type in Manatee, M-A-N-A-T-E-E, and there it is. It's the first one. So this is kind of a starting point. And then would they be able to find their, their care provider on here or, or that's separate? They would be more like, hey, talking to your provider directly and asking if they're engaged. Yeah. If they are working with a care provider, the easiest thing to do is just to reach out to your care provider and ask them to reach out to us. When we then engage with providers, it's really easy to link accounts. So 
even if you as a family you've maybe been working with Manatee for a bunch of months we can mm-hmm. always link it with a therapist account and then you can work all together so it's easy to add additional people to your support system love it so so let's just say somebody's not working with a provider that's not currently working with you guys and six months go by, they're loving the app. And then finally they decide to do it at the hospital or at the clinic. And then that, that integration could happen pretty easily. That's cool. exactly right. Very cool. Very cool. And how about on the uh, provider side, as everybody listening well knows, it's a hyper-connected world now. EHRs are a must. How do you guys integrate with the EHR? Yeah. It's a good question. It's very interesting. Actually, it's one of the first questions we get when we start talking to a provider. And then when we ask to scope it out, what that actually would look like, it's no provider yet has asked like this actually needs to be integrated with the EHR just because it's actually quite different. So right now, because we focus on the communication with the family, we have found that there's no real major use case yet to do a full-on integration. What we do do, however, is we are making it really easy to export data from our platform. So we're actually working on a bunch of features that either make it easy just to copy and paste, or it makes a, um, a very nicely summarized statement that is particularly helpful for reimbursement purposes. So for example, Kid X has achieved X goals in relation to Y over the past X time period. So really focus on progress. And then the third one is just being able to download like a summary page. So you can just attach it as an external document if needs be, or any other additional information that you just want to attach to your profile or the health record. Got it. Totally get it. Appreciate the insight there. Sounds like not really a need right now, but you're making it easy to export data Mm -hmm. so that they could fill it in 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 a pretty seamless way. Exactly. And we'll also continue to build out like APIs so that if more and more healthcare providers actually work with data warehouses as well, so you can just really easily pull in data from our system into your own system. Love it. Some great, great tidbits here. So would love to hear what you have found has been maybe one of the biggest setbacks. I know it's early on, but what's been one of the bigger setbacks and what did you learn from that to make what you're doing even better? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. I think just starting a company is kind of riddled with setbacks, but you just push them somewhere in like a dark corner of your mind. Mm-hmm. I think one, for me, it was more team related. So I really wanted to start this with someone who would be my technical co-founder. And very early on, we're really excited, started building things. And then he actually decided to not pursue it. So that was a very early setback where you have this moment of, am I going to pursue this by myself? And I mean, I decided to do it and then found like my dream technical partner. So it nice. all worked out. But that was a really big setback in the beginning that I now don't like I didn't realize like how I can still remember like just being like crying on top of my laptop being like, oh, my God, how am I going to continue without the person who was supposed to build this with me? And other smaller setbacks are just you will have people that just don't believe in it. I think my mm-hmm. my it's a critique that I laugh about a lot because it just so painful but I just remember like an investor looking at me and just being like this is very incremental (laughs) and I think it's like the equivalent of somebody calling you yeah he's nice you know it's (laughs) it's just but all in all everything else I feel like we've been what really continue like helped us continue just going and building is 
just family stories and also clinician stories that they just really see a change and like we drive value for them and like one family story like my family setup is different and we're having more positive time and we hang out and we talk that that can last you like easy three months of setback oh for sure for sure. No, and I think it's a good call out, right? I mean, that VC be like, yeah, it's incremental. Okay. There's the incremental could actually be exponential. Think yeah. about something like I, I, an analogy that I, I think many, many have heard about is like, if you're an airplane and you shift three degrees and you were supposed to go from New York to LA, you'll end up in Washington somewhere. Yeah. You know, and it's just that consistency. So I think it's, uh, I think it's cool that you've stayed strong with your vision, Damayanti. And these things at the end of the day will make a difference because it's, it impacts patient lives, the, the quality of care, satisfaction, all these things are real. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think also, you know, you have to start focused. Just going back to your point, I think if you even look at the largest companies, Amazon was an online bookstore. That's yep. how they started. Uber started as like a black car luxury service. And, you know, now they completely shifted the paradigm of transport. So, yeah, I just think it's a funny critique that it's just like, it's just a really snarky one that I can still remember <laughs> like laughing about. And like, oh, and this is also during Techstar. So all my other um, founder classmates, it, we, they just bullied me a lot with it. It's also fun. It was a lot of venture. That's funny. Well, that's the power of entrepreneurship. And uh, like you said, right, take the, that negativity and, and, Put it somewhere, you know, take what you can from it to learn and get better, but then, you know, push it off to the side and don't let it distract you. Exactly. It's a great message. Damayanti, what would you say is one of the proudest accomplishments, whether it be in your career, because you've done a lot of really cool things or with, within this, this company? I definitely say just starting this, like mm-hmm. just seeing, I think it's easy to underestimate. I underestimated how hard it is to actually build something. So just now seeing the progress I think the proudest moment was and I also didn't believe it when we actually got feedback back from one of our surveys and like a family loves manatee and I just didn't believe it I'm like I started calling my husband and my friend like did you guys fill out the survey is this actually real or like (laughs) the first positive review that we got on the app store I think that's a really proud moment because it's the first time that you realize that something that you build and what's in your head actually makes sense in the real world and then I would say another really proud moment just in general is I get a lot of energy and um, satisfaction from building teams and in that actually like just building and supporting other people's I wouldn't say careers that feels like too big but just helping them progress and and grow and I will say with like some of the other companies that I work with I would say my teams were always my proudest accomplishments. I would look around a team and I'd be like, these are just a group of incredible human beings that work so well together, that are growing, that are passionate. And I think that always outside of actually building stuff, like looking at a group of people that you've kind of collected and and you're supporting, I think that's a really amazing accomplishment and very satisfactory as well. Love it. That's definitely great, Damayanti, the power of teams. And yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's about leaving a mark and leaving the world better than when you got here. And I think you're doing just that with with this business. If you can have lunch with anyone, who would it be? I would say probably be Angela Merkel. 
I don't know. I think she's just badass and she's German. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just really cool and such a. It seems like she never, regardless, she always chooses courage over comfort. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that I try to live by. So it'd be either her or, I mean, this is so cliche, but. I'd be very intrigued with just having lunch with Elon Musk. I think he would think yeah. so differently to me that I would be just in awe the entire time. Like, wait, <laughs> that's, how, that's where your mind is going? So I would be, I would be for sure very, be the uh, yeah, fascinated <laughs> by that too. I love it. How about on the book side? What book would you recommend to the listeners? Okay, I'm going to be really honest. I just haven't finished a book in, I want to say, a decade. I started a lot of books. I'm very yeah. good at starting books. But one that has really impacted me is, I really like Sapiens. It's much yeah. more broad. But I think just having a somewhat of an objective view of what it actually means to be a human and just our history, I think it puts a lot of things into context and gives you a slightly different perspective. At least how I measure it by, like, have I changed? my perspective or has this impacted my life in one way shape or form i would say sapiens is probably one that is on top of that list love it sapiens by harari right yeah correct and what would you say is your number one health habit i'm actually low stress i think that's probably my best health habit i have a i think it's one of my better skills is that i'm pretty good at just again, putting stuff in perspective and, you know, it's the power of relativity. I'm like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? And I think that is really nice to keep yourself level-headed and also don't, you know, I think it's very easy to get burnout specifically in entrepreneurship. So I would say that I wanted to say, like, I actually do tend to like move my body and work out, but I'd be lying. I think that's the first one that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. But putting things in perspective is huge, right? It's, uh, it's definitely a key skill. If it's a habit. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I actually want to add one more thing, if yeah. I can, if I may, just because I think it's really sure. important to don't talk about it. I actually have, and I wish more people do it, especially, I don't want to make this a women thing, although I think women are much harsher on themselves. But one thing that I think is because of my parents, I actually have a lot of positive self-talk. It's just mm-hmm. very rare that I would talk negatively about myself in my head, but it actually mm-hmm. happens a lot. And that it's something that I've noticed just working and being close to a lot of other founders. And I think it's a really good thing to start working on and making a habit. Just every time when you hear yourself talk negatively about yourself in your head, just catch yourself and reframe it. So that's another, like I guess, healthy habit. It's just positive self-talk. Brilliant. If you don't talk positively about yourself, come on. It's going to be hard out there, especially as, yeah. a, as a company founder, right? Yes, exactly. So how about on the, on the advice side? What's the best advice you ever received? I don't know if it's the best advice, but it's something that probably helps me the most because I find this hard. Probably choose your battles. Like I'm super passionate about a lot of things and I can get really worked up about a lot of things and it's not sustainable. And I'm also naturally quite confrontational which definitely my family uh, loves about me. And that was sarcastic. <laughs> and I picked so I that think, up. <laughs> so I think for me, it's always someone told me this very early in my career when I was even more confrontational and passionate. Just 
you know, choose your battle. So I think it's something that's really helped me think through situations and think about, all right, if I pick this battle, what is the most likely outcome and what's the most positive outcome? And like, are either of those worth it? And nine out of 10, it's just no. And then it's not worth my time, energy, resources, and it's much more productive if I focus on other stuff. So for me, it's probably choose my battles. But I think in general, I really love Techstar's motto or, or core value, which is give first. And I think there is just so much power in it's I think a lot of times, especially in founder entrepreneur VC world, everything's every interaction feels so transactional and it's kind of gross. But I think it's really sets you apart if you just have that mantra of like giving first and you don't expect anything back and that actually will massively improve just the relationships that you have with people naturally anyway so I think that's a more general one but for me it's definitely pick my battle yeah no I like it two good ones and at the end of the day you want to be a go-giver not a go-getter Mm-hmm. You'll have more success as that. And yeah, so so Damayanti, this has been a great chat. And the work that you guys are are set on doing and improving mental health for kids is extraordinary. So keep doing what you're doing. Leave us with a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you. Oh, I should have prepared for this, shouldn't I? I would say my closing thought in general is I think if we all just focus on paying it forward and think of what is the one thing that you could do to help a young person in your life, just go and do that. I mean, it's Christmas over after all. So it's not a business one. You know, if you want to, if you want to contact us, do your thing, contact us. But I think more broadly, if there's one thing that you could do to help a young person in your life, go ahead and do it because it's our collective future. Love it. A great closing thought. Help somebody that you know, a child, help them out. And I think uh, that ripple effect will be huge. And uh, from a business standpoint, if you're looking to see what Manatee could help you with, go to getmanatee.com, but also check out outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Manatee and you'll find all of the discussion notes, the full transcript with Damayanti here and uh, that'll be where you go get that. So again, Damayanti, I want to thank you again for your time and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.